It's the Chronicles of Aguna and we are back. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, take two. If you're listening on the audio, you're probably wondering what the hell is he on about? But basically, we went live a couple of minutes ago to record this show and everything went tits up. The internet cut out um, right at the moment that we kind of finished from the intro. And uh, I just want to apologize to those who were logged into the stream initially. Uh, I can see most of you are back uh, already, which is great. But I uh, just want to say thank you for bearing with me for a few moments uh, while I got that uh, back up and running again. And if there are any issues during the stream, please do let me know in the comment section because I'm not watching it the way you guys are watching it. So there is a chance that I will miss something, um, you know, if the audio is no good or, or, or if the, the video pauses or whatever. So please do keep me in the loop. It is very, very much appreciated. But now all of that's out of the way. Let's talk about the latest Arsenal transfer rumours. And we haven't done an Arsenal-based show over the last couple of days. We've been focused on the European Championships because I think right now that's where everybody's mind is. I know that's where my mind is anyway. Um, obviously, I'm keeping uh, I'm keeping my eye out and my ears out for anything Arsenal-related that might be going on. We're talking about uh, potential transfers and potential sales, etc., etc., etc. But you know, I think all of us right now are kind of focused on the European Championships. And I think, you know, you've got to take some of these transfer rumours with a pinch of salt on the basis that most people's focus is on those European Championships at the moment. But it does feel like, for now at least, um, you know, Arsenal are working behind the scenes to try and, uh, you know, get some business done to work on some of the targets that they had identified in the lead up to this window. And we're going to talk about a few of them today. We're going to start off with Albert Sambi Lakonga. Now, he has been linked with Arsenal for a few weeks now. Um, it's alleged that Arsenal have been interested in the player for quite some time. Arsenal, not the only club who have shown interest in Albert Sambi Lakonga over the last couple of seasons. He's also attracted plenty of interest from France, specifically from Lille, who of course, are renowned for recruiting very, very well and then selling on players for huge profits. And Paris Saint-Germain are also said to have been circling the player. Uh, but right now, Arsenal are the only ones, um, I, I guess, at the front of the queue, or Arsenal are at the front of the queue uh, when it comes to trying to bring Lokonga in. Now, we know from about a week and a half ago now, I think it was, Arsenal had a bid turned down for Albert Sambi Lokonga, which was worth around about £13 million. It seems now that Arsenal have upped that offer um, and that Arsenal and Andelect, while they haven't reached an agreement just yet, they're not a million miles apart in terms of Lokonga's uh, price tag or in terms of what Arsenal are willing to pay and, of course, what, uh, what Andelect are willing to sell him for. Now, I've been doing a bit of digging into, into Lokonga. I was asked to write a piece about him today. So I spent a fair amount of time sort of really digging into the kind of deeper sort of, I don't know, the character of Lokonga, the, the, the attributes of Lokonga, and just basically going in a little bit more 
um, than I had done previously. We talked about him before. I talked about his style of play. We'll cover off some of that now as well. But, you know, I, as I say, I dug a little deeper today when it comes to Lokonga and I found a few things out that I found were quite interesting. And I don't believe necessarily uh, would be common knowledge. That's not to, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I don't watch the Belgian league every week. So for me, there was some stuff in there that I didn't know previously. And there's some stuff in there that I found quite interesting. So I'm going to share that with you guys now. So we've established that Arsenal, you know, want the player. We've established that Arsenal and Anderlecht in terms of their valuation of the player are not a million miles off. And there's an appetite at both ends to get this deal done. Anderlecht are in a really difficult spot financially. And as a result, they're going to have to raise some money. And Lakonga is the perfect player from which they can do so. Um, young, plenty of potential, attracting the talent, uh, the eye, sorry, of one of the biggest clubs uh, in Europe. I, we might not be performing like one at the moment, but we are. And so Anderlecht have seen this as an opportunity to raise some money, uh, to cash in, to double down and to, uh, to raise some money, to clear this deficit that they're struggling with at the moment. Because... They did, I think it was a, over around about 50 million euro loss that they reported over the last couple of years, which is not good for a club like Anderlecht. It's not good at all. So um, the, the latest today is that Arsenal have agreed personal terms uh, with him. Uh, those reports uh, come from Belgium, but also we're, we're starting to see them kind of creep through into the reporting of some of our journalists here. Um, so I'll just share with you a tweet. Uh, from Chris Wheatley earlier on. Chris Wheatley is very good. We all know that Chris Wheatley uh, is very, very good. But Chris Wheatley has said, uh, which will probably make uh, many of you feel a lot better, that Arsenal are closing in on the signing of Albert Sambi Lekonga. As reports in Belgium have mentioned, the player wants to join Arsenal with personal terms already agreed. The fee is still yet to be agreed, but optimism from all the sides that a deal can be done. Equally, uh, there was a tweet from uh, James Benj of CBS Sport uh, not so long ago, which I'll share with you guys as well. Here it is with regards to Arsenal's negotiations over Albert Sambi Lekonga. James Benj says negotiations progressing well in Arsenal's pursuit of Albert Sambi Lekonga. Nothing agreed between the Gunners and Anderlecht yet, but the distance between the two sides is not too significant. So all the signs are pointing to a deal being done here. Everything looks as though it's moving along quite nicely. They were never going to accept the first offer. That was always going to be the case. Equally, Arsenal were not going to go in at top whack on their first offer. So it's just standard negotiating practice and it's nothing to worry about, in my opinion. But you've got to realise that even though Anderlecht need the money and even though Lokonga who has a lot of talent, clearly is still quite young and still quite raw, 21 years old, got a long way to go still. Um, you know, he is their captain at the moment. He is the Anderlecht skipper. He was given that honour by uh, Premier League legend Vincent Company, who's, of course, now in charge of Anderlecht. Uh, so, you know, he, he's somebody that they hired, they hire, somebody that they hold, I should say, in very high esteem. So they're not going to go and allow him to leave on the cheap. You know, they were always going to dig their heels in, and rightly so. Now, what have I learned about Lekonga today? Well, this is interesting because what I didn't know about Albert Sambi Lekonga, and I don't want to send Arsenal fans into major panic here, into meltdown, into a bit of a frenzy. But what I didn't realise is that despite being just 21 years old, he's already had a cruciate ligament injury. He picked it up in December 2018 and he missed 202 days 
uh, of football. He was sidelined for 202 days off the back of that injury. Now, I'm not saying that that is a reason that Arsenal should not sign Le Conga. He seems, to the eye anyway, as though he has uh, recovered fully. It's not really impacted him in terms of his mobility, still very mobile, still very strong, still very physical. All I'm saying is that Arsenal need to make sure here that they do their due diligence when completing the medical. I'm not suggesting that Arsenal don't do these things properly anyway, but Arsenal need to need to do this one properly. You know, you you really need to assess this uh, to a really high level of detail and ensure that there isn't a problem here that we're going to experience further down the line. It sounds harsh on the lad. Um, you know, you don't want to hear of a young lad who is about to get his dream move uh, to a, a massive football club. You don't want to hear that. It, that move might be scuppered off of the back of something like this. But as a football club, it's something that Arsenal need to think about and at least check properly. Um, Chris in the chat says he's young. Maybe he's recovered well. That's a really good point as well. I'm not saying he hasn't fully recovered. And, and from what I've seen of him, he looks like he bloody has recovered. And, and I would never have known that he picked up such a serious injury. But it's just something to note with regards to Albert Sambi Lekonga. He has had a cruciate ligament injury uh, already. Uh, and that I'm not saying it worries me, but if I was the medical team, it's something I'd be a little bit mindful of, and I'd probably go that little bit extra uh, or that little bit further, maybe go that extra mile in terms of completing the medical checks, because the last thing we want uh, is to bring someone in for, you know, a significant amount of money that is going to spend lots of time on the sidelines. And some of you are saying in the chat that it is a bit of a red flag for you. It is a bit of a red flag for me as well. Don't know if it's enough to scupper the deal. You know, we're not talking about 50, 60 million pounds, but you know, it's something, um, is something that we need to think about, I think, anyway, or at least check properly, uh, for sure. In uh, in other kind of news about Lakonga, if that makes sense, or looking around at Lakonga, um, watched a lot of clips of him today. Uh, admittedly, they are just clips, and it's not always easy to, um, you know, to gauge how good somebody is necessarily from clips. I mean, you're not going to find the highlights reel that contains their shit moments. So what I decided to do was, was dig a little bit deeper into kind of what people had said about him um, and people that we kind of hold in high esteem, people whose opinions we trust. And I thought there was nobody better than, uh, than Vincent company, who of course is his manager and elect currently. And Vincent Company was quite honest uh, in an interview he gave about Lokonga not too long ago. He talked about all of his strengths, which we we know, very strong, uh, mobile across the ground, um, keeps possession very well, very confident young man, uh, obviously has leadership qualities because he's wearing the armband. But one of the things he said Lokonga has to really um, sort of knuckle down and improve on is his defensive work, is getting back uh, into certain positions, being being aware of, of what spaces to kind of drop into and one-on-one jewels. Uh, that was something that Vincent Company mentioned, and it's something that he probably does um, need to work on on that basis. And it'll be interesting to see how he develops. But look, you sign someone from Belgian football for, I don't know, we think it's going to be around about 17 million uh, with some add-ons. You sign somebody for that amount at 21 years old, 
you know, you're not signing the finished article. So you shouldn't be expecting the finished article. What you want is you want someone, though, who's not too far off of being the finished article. And it seems from all the kind of investigations and searches and interviews I've read and scout reports I've read today uh, with regards uh, to Lukonga, it seems that he is a player who's, as I say, not quite the finished article, but not a million miles from it. So I think we should be uh, we should be quite pleased with this one. And fingers crossed it is a deal that we can get over the line sooner rather than later. I said this previously, and I don't want people to take this the wrong way. I'm not comparing him to Patrick Vieira, but just watching the way he kind of carries the ball with those long strides um, and almost has that elegance as well to be able to turn away from people and sort of turn on a, on a sixpence. The way Patrick Vieira do so elegantly, he only gets credit, Patrick Vieira, for the, the tough side of his game. Very rarely gets credit for the elegance and the quality he had actually on the ball. And he had plenty of that. Lokonga reminds me a little bit of that. I'm not saying he's going to be Patrick Vieira. I'm not saying he's going to be anywhere near it. But if he's even a third of the player that Patrick Vieira was, that would be a really, really good signing. So I'm quite excited about this one. So just a quick update for those of you who may be joining us a little bit later on in the live. As it stands, Arsenal and Albert Sambi Lokonga have agreed personal terms. That's according to reports emerging from Belgium. And it seems according to some of the uh, the journalists here in the UK as well, who are normally very close to things with regards to Arsenal, that the, the negotiations are progressing and that the two clubs are not too far apart in terms of their valuation. So we can expect that deal to be done, I think, um, you know, over the course of this window. I was going to say, um, I was going to say, uh, you know, in the next week or so. But I don't want to do that because it's Arsenal and you know that things can drag on. And obviously there's a lot of people sort of involved in the Euros at the moment. Lakonga's not one of them, but it just feels like everything's working a little bit slower at the moment. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm quite confident that this one will be done and I, and I look forward to seeing Lakonga in an Arsenal shirt. But it does mean that Arsenal, for me, still need to go out and get a more experienced central midfielder who is ready for the here and now, who could partner Thomas Partey now. Because as it stands, it still looks as though um, as though Granit Xhaka is on his way to Roma. And I, I'm not expecting anything in that sense to be concluded until uh, the European Championships are over. Switzerland could well be uh, in the round of 16. It's, the way they've done the Euros with this you know, best third place is, is absolute nonsense. You've got teams who have finished their campaigns and don't, or their group campaigns and don't know if they're through or not. It's an absolute nightmare. It's a mess. It's really winding me up. Um, but yeah, you know, so, so Granit Xhaka is likely to leave. We know Sabahos has gone, uh, you know, we know Odegaard's gone as well. So midfield is an area in which we need to fix up. But in terms of, um, you know, in terms of sort of, Midfield, yes, Lakonga would be a good buy, in my opinion, but I think we need something else as well. I think we need a second player, if I'm being completely honest. In other news, uh, Aston Villa are rumoured to be preparing a third bid for Emil, uh, third, second, I should say, bid for Emil Smith Rowe. Are they having a laugh? Emil Smith Rowe is not for sale. Um, you know, we heard a few weeks ago that he was very close to signing a new contract with Arsenal and we still believe that he is wanting to stay at Arsenal and that that will be done. However, it's not done yet. And that's why this Aston Villa speculation is just not going away at the moment. Now, the source of this report was Football Insider, who 
with all due respect to Football Insider, they can be right, but they can also be horribly wrong. And on that basis, I don't want people to kind of lose their minds over it. You know, even if Villa come back with a bid of £30 million, which would be £5 million more than they offered the first time around, I'm not expecting Arsenal to accept it. And so I'm not worried. But the audacity of Aston Villa uh, to come back and, and, you know, really try and push this deal through. Are they preparing for a potential sale of Jack Grealish? Who knows? But Aston Villa determined to add to their squad. Um, you know, they're a side with uh, with huge ambitions under their current ownership. And uh, obviously, they're going to try their best to get whatever they can. Or, or sorry, whatever they... They're going to try their best to get what they want in whichever way they can. And Emil Smith-Rowe is clearly someone they've identified as a as a, you know as a good target. And obviously with Emil Smith-Rowe as well, it's not so much the term of his contract. It's not so much how long he has because he's still got until June 2023 on his current deal. But what it is, is that Emil Smith-Rowe is still on a wage that reflects somebody who is in the under 23s on the periphery of the first team squad rather than someone who has become and has played his way into being a first-team regular. And that's why Aston Villa feel like there is a deal to be done here. That's why Aston Villa feel like they can, if they can trigger what Arsenal want, you know, or if they can kind of open Emil Smith-Rowe's eyes and ears a little bit and try and turn his head towards Villa Park, that there is a deal to be done because they would be able to offer him significantly more money than he is currently on. Doesn't mean it's significantly more than what Arsenal are currently offering. But if it's all done and dusted with Arsenal, why is it not being done properly? Why is it not being confirmed yet? Why has it not been announced? And that does make me, I've got to be honest, feel a little bit wary. Um, but at this moment in time, I think that Emil Smith-Rowe is staying at Arsenal. I don't think Arsenal would accept the the 30 million offer that Villa are rumoured to be preparing. Uh, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. So a little bit concerned about this one. Not overly concerned, not majorly concerned, but it's one of those ones that's kind of lingering in the back of my mind at the moment because I'm a massive fan of Emil Smith-Rowe. Uh, hold fire on your questions. We're going to come to those in a couple of minutes time. Just got a couple of other bits and pieces to update you with. I think you've probably all seen uh, the pictures going around of Thomas Partey or the concept pictures, as you say, of Thomas Partey wearing the number five shirt. It looks like he's probably going to be given uh, that shirt number uh, ahead of the new season. So keep your eyes peeled on that. I, I know I put a tweet out earlier on about the new or what's rumoured to be the new home shirt. I'm not a fan. I'm going to share it with you guys who are watching it on the video, you know, so you can have a look as well. I know most of you have probably seen it, but interested to get your thoughts because I'm not keen on it. I've got to be honest. Uh, where is it? I tweeted it earlier on. Hold on a second. Here we go. Here it is. That's supposedly Arsenal's new home shirt. And I tweeted earlier saying this looks more like an Ajax shirt than an Arsenal one. And I genuinely do believe that. I'm not a massive fan of it. I don't like the fact um, that, that there's white on the insides, if that makes sense. And I know a lot of people have kind of referred back to that 98 to 2000 kit, the Davil Suke kit, as I call it. Um, and that it didn't actually look that bad when it was worn because you didn't really see the white. But to me, that looks like all it that needs is ABN Amro down the front. And it looks like an Ajax kit to me. Um, but yeah, 
there you go. That's just my opinion on it. It's, maybe I'll get used to it. Maybe I'll like it when I see it on. Um, I, I definitely like the new away shirt, the yellow shirt. I've already bought that one. Um, but yeah, let's let's see. Uh, let's see. But that's rumoured to be Arsenal's new kit. In other news, uh, there have been a lot of reports linking uh, Lucas Torreira with a move to Lazio. Uh, Di Marzio, uh reported that earlier on. There's also reports, though, coming out saying that Arsenal are not willing to accept anything less for Lucas Torreira, anything less than 20 million euros, which is nowhere near what Lazio would be prepared to pay at the moment. Um, you know, Arsenal not budging on that price tag, but I suspect that they would budge on that price tag further down the line. And I say that because, look, Lucas Torreira is someone who, as much as I think has potential and as much as I quite like him, he doesn't want to be at Arsenal. You know, he's not part of the future at Arsenal Football Club. He's he's somebody who is going to leave at one point or another. And if you're going to prize yourself out of selling him, it just seems a little bit silly. You know, I know that anything below 20 million euros in Arsenal's eyes is below the market value for Lucas Torreira. It's not what they want. You know, they want more. And I understand that. But we don't live in an ideal world. And obviously, people will know that he's sub, you know, he's on the you know, he's on the peripheries at Arsenal. He's, he's, you know, he's not part of Mikel Arteta's plans moving forward. Everybody knows that. The fact he was sent out on loan confirmed that. The fact that, you know, he's been talking about leaving so publicly, all of those things get rolled into one and become, you know, I guess, part of the pricing process when it comes to this type of player. And so Arsenal can't expect, in my opinion, to get top dollar for Lucas Torreira. And if you think about it, if you think about what we paid for Lucas Torreira, you know, signed from Sampdoria, signed from Italian football uh, back in July 2018 for £25 million. He's come to Arsenal. It's not really worked. He's then gone out on loan. That's not really worked either. He's made it public that he doesn't want to play for the club anymore. The club have, not directly, but by sending him out on loan, have suggested that they don't want him anymore or that the you know the thing is just not working then you can't then expect people to cough up top dollar i think if we were to get 15 million euro um for lucas Torreira, when you consider how i don't want to say badly because i don't think it's been that bad but how things have gone since he joined arsenal i don't think it's ludicrous for a club to say well you paid 25 million for him and it's, it's gone to shit. So why the hell should we even get near that price? You know, you need to get rid of him. Um, you look at his contract as well, which is uh, 2020. A little bit unreasonable here. Um, and I think that's going to be a problem. And I think as the window goes on, you're going to see Arsenal lower that price. I really do. Uh, just a couple of other bits. Uh, best of luck to Zek Medley, who has left the club. Put a lovely goodbye post out on Instagram. If you haven't seen that, head over and check that out. And there was another interesting bit uh, that Chris Wheatley tweeted about today, which was with regards to Patrick van Arnhol, of course, currently uh, playing for the Netherlands at the Euros. Apparently, Arsenal made inquiries about Patrick van Aanholt back in January. Although Arsenal are looking for a younger option at left back, he could become a target later on in the window if we're unsuccessful 
in obtaining our priority targets there. So that's one to keep an eye on. Of course, Patrick Van Arnholt out of contract this summer. So uh, interesting, interesting. Can only become a target, though, if he's still available at that point. So, you know, I think he's he's looked OK in the Euro so far. And I think that's obviously going to help him. Puts him in the shop window, doesn't it? Um, 30 years old, Patrick Van Arnholt, always been pretty good going forward. Not convincing necessarily from a defensive point of view, though. But anyway, there we go. So there's just a couple of bits. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get your questions. Start filling up the chat box with your questions. If you can uh, drop a cue at the beginning of them, it really, really does help me uh, to pick them out from the chat. Also, if you could subscribe to the channel, if you're new, it really, really helps because we are uh, approaching 14,000. I think we're about 300 away and I'd love to get there as soon as possible. Uh, so please, uh, please do that for me if you could. We've only got 44 likes at the moment, but there's over 200 of you watching us live across the multiple platforms. So let's get the likes up as well. Surely we can get to 100 likes. Uh, some of your questions uh just give me a heads up if the uh the stream is uh, messing about again because i can see on my screen that the connections just dropped a little bit lower uh so apologies about this i, sh I should have restarted the route I, I just couldn't be bothered to wait uh, for the old uh, 10 minute 15 minute reboot whatever it is but i think we're back now anyway uh let's see uh what we've got here um a couple of you've asked this question so i'm going to address it uh, Chris has asked it and uh, Matt, one of our members, has also asked it. What are your thoughts on 90 Min's £250 million report? So just to clarify what that is, 90 Min uh, brought an exclusive report to the table a few days ago now in which they said that Arsenal had £250 million or were planning to spend £250 million this summer. Now, obviously, I do a lot of work with 90 Min. This podcast is part of the 90 min football network. What I, what I want to say is that report is not from me. Um, and I'm saying that because I, I, I'm being honest. It's, it's not from me. Um, I wasn't the one that was given the information either. The person who did provide the information is someone who's been working in the business for probably about 30, 35 years and is quite often right. But, and I stress the but, it doesn't mean that this is necessarily true. I've tried to kind of dig a little bit deeper in it. Of course, you know, lots of media outlets have sources. They don't give up their sources because then they'll stop being sources and they won't be able to get that information in the future. What I would say, though, is approach this one with caution, please, because it doesn't matter who the source is. You know, at me hearing that Arsenal are going to spend in the region or are planning to spend in the region of £250 million in the summer sounds absolutely ludicrous. And I can't, with any degree of certainty, say that this report is accurate. I'm not saying it's not accurate either. Um, and, you know, I work with some um, 
you know, I work with some fantastic people there and I, I'm not for a second discrediting anyone. I think it's fantastic. And, and to stress that information that they've relayed has come from outside, right? It's not somebody at 90 min who's just woke up one morning and decided they're going to write a story about Arsenal spending 250 million pounds. They are sources that they are constantly in contact with. And that is the information that was passed on to them. So, it would be nice. It would be great. And hopefully, fingers crossed, they're right. But for me, I'm still um, a little bit sceptical about it. Um, and I'm being completely honest because, as I say, um, one of the things I, I care a lot about is is not leading people down the garden path when it comes to football news. Um, you know, I like to share my opinions and share my views, but I also like to try and and keep it as honest as possible. So, my ties with 90 min don't mean that I'm going to just blindly say that the report is accurate. It could be, but it also might not be. So just approach it with a pinch of salt. I think where it all stems from is the fact that Arsenal have borrowed some money uh, from a bank, a significant amount of money uh, in order to try and, and, and kind of, I'm not going to say fund the entire transfer window, but in order to get the ball rolling with regards to the transfer window, because Arsenal, you, you know, we all saw, what happened, um, you know, last summer, we wanted to do business. We were relying on people moving on so that we could do that business. We were relying on raising funds from sales. Those sales never happened. Those sales never materialized. And then we were scrambling around at the end of the window. And the same thing happened again in January. We eyed players up. We wanted to move players on. Um, and again, on, in that instance, we had to actually cut players' contracts to get them to go. And then we were back in the same position again. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know is the answer to that. Um, I'm not going to sit and, and pretend that I know it's 100% right. And I'm not going to say that it's it's wrong either because the honest answer is I don't know. I hope it's right. It'll be great. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, let's pick out a few more questions. A few of you asking about Andre Silva. Uh, what do I think about him? Uh, Dyer asks and Chase asks as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on Andre Silva? Reminds me a lot of Giroud. I've got to be honest, I haven't seen a massive amount of Andre Silva, but he does seem to have that kind of presence that I think at times Arsenal have been missing. I think what we've got in, in Alexander Lacazette and what we've got in Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is one striker who thrives on running in behind uh, or cutting inside from the, from a wider position, opening his body up and finding the top corner. And then we've got one who thrives on dropping deep and linking up with people. What neither of those two offer, in my opinion, is an option when we do get the ball wide. They're not, uh, more often than not, when you're playing against sides with a low block, you will get your joy, what joy you do get in the wide areas. And then you want to target in the central positions. And unfortunately, neither of our current options, in my opinion, really provide that. So, you know, Andre Silva is somebody that I like and somebody I'd be interested in. But um, there's just there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of reasons why I'd be. Um, 
kind of wanting to hold fire on that one. But yeah, you know, he, he seems a, a decent player. I'm just bringing up his goal record now uh, from the Bundesliga last season. Of course, Andre Silva currently playing his football at Eintracht Frankfurt because I know it was pretty good. I just can't remember the numbers off the top of my head. Did look this up the other day, but here it goes. Uh, 32 appearances, 28 goals and eight assists. So 36 direct goal contributions in 32 Bundesliga appearances last season. According to um, according to transfer market, he's worth about four forty million. Uh, so you know it's going to take a substantial amount of money. You'd think to bring him uh, to bring him uh, to the club. So let's see um, what else have we got in the chat. Uh, Matt G says he thinks the uh, two hundred fifty million pound report is Mickey Mouse. I bet the two fifty is made up of selling all our current players, the Emirates, and all of Bamiang's cars. Uh, <laughs> um, what else have we got here? Uh, Inter says, would you sell Smith Rowe for thirty million pounds? I don't think it's as bad as what people think. I wouldn't because it's based on what I believe he can go on to be and how good I think he can be and how far I think he can go. Um, but I agree with you when you say, I don't think it's as bad as what people think. I said this after the 25 million bid was tabled that while it's not enough to convince me personally, um, it is when you think about the fact that he's only been in the first team for six months, that he's broken down on a number of occasions, that his contract negotiations aren't to our knowledge, moving as fast as we'd like, then you can understand why Villa are trying their luck and why in their eyes, 30 million is is a reasonable amount. So I get it. Doesn't mean I'd sell him, but I I get where you're coming from. I do. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, Matt Thomas says, really random question, but is buying out contracts not a common thing in football? Happens all the time in American sports. Um it's, it's the problem is that the club would need to agree to selling players under those circumstances. And then it comes to if the player's kicking up a stink and doesn't want to go, uh, sorry, doesn't want to play for you and wants to leave. What do you do? Do you, do you let your money just kind of rot away until the contract's over? Or do you take the, um, you take the money and let them go? That's how teams get bullied essentially into, into selling players. Uh, let me pick out one or two more. Um, and then we'll um, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, just uh, scrolling through, see what we got. Just a quick reminder: if you haven't done so already, while I'm doing that, uh, make sure you uh, give the stream a like and subscribe to the channel if you're new. As I say, uh, we're edging towards 40, 14, not forty. I wish it was forty. Towards fourteen thousand on YouTube uh, alone. That's not to mention all the lovely people that listen to us via the audio platforms, but we'd like to get there sooner rather than later. Um, right. Uh, Archangel says, how much would we get for Saliba? It's assuming that we're going to sell him. Um, it's a little bit worrying about William Saliba when you think about the fact that we're supposedly going to go so big on Ben White. You do wonder what the future holds for William Saliba. You kind of feel like this town ain't big enough for, for William Saliba and Rob Holding and Ben White. That's kind of my concern here. Obviously, there was a significant investment made in William Saliba. Um, you know, what was it? 27 million pounds or so, there or thereabouts. And you think, well, you know, 
we spent so much money on him, we've got to give him a chance. And I kind of agree with that to a degree. But what you also have to remember and you have to be able to kind of understand is that he was brought in by the previous regime. He was brought in very much uh, during the Raul Sanlei days. Um, he was signed prior to Mikel Arteta taking the job. And just because they spent whatever amount of money on him doesn't mean that Mikel Arteta should be or has to be a slave to that and has to pick him for those reasons. If he doesn't think he's the right man, he doesn't think he's the right man and you either back your manager or you don't. And, and Arsenal have shown by keeping Mikel Arteta on, despite what was, you know, quite frankly, a, a really horrible season, his first full season in charge and it, it went to shit pretty quickly. You've got to assume that they're backing him and therefore they're probably going to back that decision. Look, I think, if Saliba is not part of the plans, I think you've got to be looking to get about 15 to 20 million for him because of, again, I talk about potential, but he is one of those players that you could kind of sell off as being, uh, you know, someone with a huge future ahead of him. He's very young, had a good loan spell when he returned back to Nice for the second half of last season. So there is lots to be positive about with William Saliba. I don't like the way he talked about what, what happened at Arsenal after he left. But at the same time, I don't like the way Arsenal treated him. So I get the frustration. I just think maybe a more experienced player with better people advising him, people around him trying to kind of steer him on the right path would have maybe stopped him coming out and saying what he said. And he didn't just say it once. He said it on multiple occasions, which again, you know, it didn't sit right with me, but I get it because the way he was treated was was simply not acceptable. Um, but yeah, if we are going to sell him, I think you've got to be looking for around about 15 to 20 mil. Uh, just because of, again, as I talked about with Emil Smith-Rowe, these are players with with huge potential. Um, but you also have to accept that like, if, if William Saliba is going to go, who's going to sign him? Most likely it's going to be a French league owned club. The French league owned clubs, barring PSG, are just a completely different animal are on their knees financially. The Bundesliga clubs are on their knees financially. The Serie A clubs, the same. The La Liga clubs, the same. The Premier League clubs have also been affected too by what's gone on over the last 18 months, but not to such a severe degree. So taking all of that into consideration, um, that's why I've come to that price. I know a lot of people will say that it's not high enough, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at and how I've got to that point in terms of my thinking. Right, I'm going to leave it there because I've got some Euro 2020 football to watch. And uh, we're going to be back at 10 p.m. tonight uh, live right here on YouTube for our Euro 2020 daily show. I'll be joined by a couple of guests. Uh, Dan DeLuca returns as the Stell from Shoot the Defence. And we're going to be discussing uh, today's games as well as looking ahead uh, to England versus the Czech Republic. Might be a little bit low on content tomorrow. Uh, just as a forewarning, because I'm going to the England game. So I'll be at Wembley. I'm going to try my best to shoot a little video from inside Wembley at the full time. Also giving my reaction and thoughts on the game. But as I say, um, I'll be out for the day. So I'll be going to enjoy a day out, a much earned day out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I won't be around during the day, but I will try and drop a video Um from Wembley Stadium for you guys uh, later on in the evening once the game's done and once we know how the group looks uh, and give my kind of raw reaction uh, or initial thoughts, if you like, uh, to that game. I haven't done one of those videos from outside the ground since bloody the last time we went to the Emirates properly, which was ages ago. 
But there we go. <laughs> right. I'm going to leave you all to it. I'll catch you all later on. Don't forget to hit the like button if you haven't already. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you're new. And we'll be back for our Euro 2020 daily podcast in about a couple of hours time. Until then, take care. Ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry 